Welcome to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm Pete Mazzetti sitting here with Eric Hammerling, who's the Executive Director of the Connecticut Forest and Park Association. Sir, hi buddy. So good to see you. You too, man. You too. What's new? Oh my God. Well, there's this a lot new. A lot new. There's always, a lot new. I haven't always. seen you in a while. Well, you know, and this is the, um, you know, fall season where people are getting outdoors. Yeah. Uh, we, we just heard that this year was another record year of people getting out to state parks. Yeah. Over 13 million people just this season mm -hmm. uh, went to various state parks um, around the state. We've got, you know, there's 110 state parks, but there's some that get an awful lot of the percentage of that use. So yeah. like at Hammonasset, yeah. uh, they typically get a little bit more than 2 million people coming to the state parks. Okay. Um, and it's it's exciting to know that so many people are uh, using the state parks, but yep. at the same time, uh, 2022 has been the year where there's been a lot of people retiring from right. state service. Yeah. So there's been a lot of turnover. Um, and one of the things that we are concerned about is there are not enough people to take care of the state parks, yeah. um, despite uh, all the use that they're getting. Mm -hmm. And right now, the, uh, the maximum for uh, their staff levels for state park uh, maintenance and you know, taking care of things mm -hmm. is 83 full-time positions. Wow. And that stretches across those 110 state parks all around the state. Yeah. Um, and so you, you, you remember that old show, Eight is Enough? Yes. Um, we're, we're now saying like 83 is not enough. Exactly. Um, and so we're trying to raise a little bit of awareness of the, you know, the lack of support for uh, making sure to take care of all the people who are coming to visit those special uh, state jewels. Absolutely. We've also been busy with, um, you know, the, the Governor's Council on Climate Change. Yeah, that's um, right. Which has been kind of uh, underway uh, un under Governor Lamont since mm -hmm. uh, 2020. Uh, there have been, over the last few years, a, a real interest in Connecticut's forests. Right. And um, I've been very involved in that process. That's right. Uh, in 2020, I was the chair of the forest subgroup, and we published a report in November of 2020. That's right. People can read it online, and it's just, it's brilliant. I think last time um, you and I were together, we talked about the report, because you were writing it or finalizing it or doing something along the yeah, lines well, of that. Well, it was actually the second report, because th that was like the first report, and then there was a second report that was done in 2021, okay. um, which we call the Perfect Future Report, which All stands right. for the uh, Policy on Resilient Forests for Connecticut's Future. Perfect there you go. Future. Um, and that report actually wound up being a, um, a really different way of approaching things. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, it was 15 different organizations, some of which are really interested in forests, yeah. some not so much. Right who we thought when a number of proposals about forest might come through the General Assembly, okay. there would be some people who'd be like, I don't know, and it might lead to the bill getting killed. Yes. So yeah, we said, yeah. you know what, let's uh, let's do like the President Lincoln cabinet uh, you yeah. know, team of uh, allies or rivals and uh, let people kind of work out, well, what are the things that you would support right. having to do with forest conservation? And that's what that report really resulted in, is a consensus report about various things. Mm -hmm. One of them being uh, that you know Connecticut should be a, a no net loss of forest state. Right. New Jersey has done this, Maryland has done this, and it's actually a, a really kind of pretty simple concept. Right. It's essentially saying if uh, different state entities um, are removing trees, 
they should be also responsible for paying for new trees to be mm-hmm. planted. Uh, and so we're not just losing trees, we're thinking about our forests of the future. Right. Um, and so there's, you know, a, a, um, in the state of New Jersey, as an example, um, they do a lot of tree planting, which is actually paid for by their uh, transportation department. Okay. Because on their highways, they have, you know, said, okay, well, if we're going to remove some trees that we might be concerned about, we're now responsible for planting trees right. uh, elsewhere or where we want trees to be. Um, and so, you know, a state like New Jersey has put that into effect. And I think the overall benefit for the people of New Jersey is great. I would love to see that happen here. Yeah. So we're kind of trying to, you know, again, build some momentum behind the interest in forests. And of course, the connection between forests and climate change is oh, pretty absolutely. straightforward, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, forests are, as they grow, they're absorbing carbon, storing right. it. Um, and the more carbon that's held in trees, the less in the atmosphere. Absolutely. So the less climate change uh, gases out no, there. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And now that the summer is over, yeah, all the summer people are gone. How did we, how, the, how did the Connecticut Park Association and all the Connecticut parks and forests do? You know, this was a, a strange year. You may recall, uh, you think? it was uh, it was extremely dry, and right. a lot of our state was in drought for right. a good part of the year. Sure. Um, we h- heard for you know a few months that the foliage was going to be you know less than beautiful, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I drove here; it looked pretty beautiful to oh, me. Oh, absolutely! Uh, uh, you know, we've had kind of a rally on on the foliage. Oh, absolutely! People are getting outdoors, like I mentioned, to state parks at uh, higher levels than ever. And the same continues with people getting to state forests and going out on trails. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, uh, you know, this is my favorite time of year to get outside, Mm -hmm. not only because um, it's college football season. Exactly. You know, really what I what I care about more than any of this, you know, forest, park and trail stuff. Me too, Um, me too, me too. (laughs) But, you know, in addition, you know, this is when you have the, you know, the beauty of the foliage. You don't have all the bugs that Mm -hmm. are around during the height of the the summer season Um, and you also because uh, you know leaves are dropping you get these long distance views that you don't get during other parts of the year you know really the fall and and winter are some of the most incredible times to be outside Um, and so yeah even though the summer crowds may (laughs) have subsided yeah uh, there is a lot of outdoor recreation that's going to be happening through the fall, and we've seen those numbers continue to be, um, you know, up at the top. We're, we're also hoping that, uh, you know, some of the funding that was mm-hmm. supported in July uh, for open space, for uh, forests, yep. for um, parks, for trails, is actually going to start get getting into uh, some of the investments that the state is making okay. to make sure that as people go outdoors, they're going into places that are safe and well well taken care of. Right. But also, uh, there is funding to invest in uh, connecting trails and making mm-hmm. sure that um, you know. 
every town right now right. is interested in getting people outdoors. Oh, you absolutely. Know? And if, if you ever now, I, I don't know that I would recommend this as, um, you oh, know, a, a reading to, to keep yourself, you know, up and, and thrilled right. at night. What but, am I reading? But every town, as you, as I think you well know, you know, every 10 years, they mm-hmm. do a plan of conservation and development, mm-hmm. right? And in that, there's a lot of information about what's going on locally right. and those local resources. Almost every plan of conservation development says that people are interested in getting outdoors and they want to have more trails. And that's a way to um, keep people healthy and sustain um, real estate values and all the things that um, make this area kind of exciting. So. Anyway, I, I'm I'm just so happy to be here with you oh, because absolutely. I know you it's you appreciate the outdoors too. Absolutely. And, um, and yeah, we we've got a I, I don't know I think there are a few places uh, off the beaten path that would right. are always fun to explore. Absolutely. So we need to we need to pick one or two. Of I those think we, let's, we we let's we, just we go. talked about that last time we I were know, together. I know. I'll tell you what. Next spring. Okay. When the weather gets warmer. I'm ready. I'm ready. And we can get into that. All right. Well, springtime, though, just one thing to look forward to, and maybe we could time it just right. Yeah, yeah. But in the spring, it's one of my favorite times to go outside to. Trails Day. Well, we got Trails Day. I mean, of course, that's like there is no summer without Trails Day. So it's like, you know, first weekend in June, there's always Trails Day. But in in the springtime, I I love it because that's when the frogs get active. Oh, absolutely. You know, you got all those vernal pools and all those critters out there. Um, That's a really fun time to be outside. Absolutely. And last time I think we were together, you and I talked about college football. Oh, yeah. And last time you and I were together and we talked about college football, it seems that I remember you were going to Michigan. Did you go yet? I did. I, I actually went because, you know, yeah. I, I even though my, my heart is in Michigan with that football team, mm-hmm. uh, I live in Connecticut. Right. So I wanted to take in at the big house, uh, Michigan playing UConn. I actually watched that game on TV. And it was for, I've got to say, for UConn fans, not, uh, not a good day. Yeah, no. Uh, no, no. <laughs> but it was, but it was a, you know, that uh, stadium is oh, a super has, fun place well, to be. It had to be a ball to be in. Yeah, about about 109,000 people, yeah. uh, you know, screaming and shouting and, and having fun. Yeah. And, and I went with my son, so yes. that made it extra special. Good game. Well, if you're a Michigan fan, yeah. Yeah. I, if you're a Yukon fan. <laughs> yeah. No, but, I don't, yeah, I I don't know. And maybe we can, you and I can figure this out together. With Yukon and the conference that they're in, do you think they should be in that conference? Because they, they, got, they, got, pretty, they got a pretty tough schedule. They do, but you know they've got a they've got a good coach, yeah. you know, someone who really uh, knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They've got to rebuild. It fe- feels like they've been in uh, rebuilding mode for a while. Right. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm look. I I will root for UConn uh, whenever they play, uh, except right. when they're playing when Michigan. When they're playing Michigan, so, exactly. So I want to see the team do well. I don't know. Um, the, the conference well enough to know whether they they yeah, belong in sure. it or I'm, not. I'm not sure, but I I just want to see them succeed, and Absolutely. it seems like they're maybe on on a path to right. you know little bits of improvement every day. Absolutely, and actually I was turn I was flipping around the other day, and on CTN there was a panel discussion, and Commissioner Dykes was on. Yeah, well, I, I, fl- I was flipping around and I I saw I, I saw her at the podium I'm like, hey. <laughs> I know her, so I actually flipped back and 
listen to her speak for a few minutes. She's amazing. I oh, mean, yeah. she, you know, so smart. She was, uh, I, I'm not sure if it was this one, but um, she gave a great speech at the Connecticut Ag Experiment Station. That's what uh, it was. At, uh, you know, at uh, Ag Plant Day. Yes. And um, she gave a really good talk about what the Department of Energy and Environmental Protection is doing about forests. Um, interestingly enough, and of course I talked about some of the climate change issues, yeah. but one of the things that DEEP is really spending a lot of time on is uh, trying to make sure that, especially in our most developed uh, areas, mm -hmm. there are enough trees to absorb some of that water, you know, right. reduce flooding, uh, provide shade in mm -hmm. uh, neighborhoods where without trees, it would be extra hot right. and bad for people's health. Uh, yeah. And there's a real equity issue around where trees are located. Um, the more poor a neighborhood is, typically the fewer trees you will find, in particular in our, uh, our cities. So, right. and you know, I think DEEP wants to do everything they can to make sure that if uh, climate change is going to continue, and it seems like it is, if we are going to have right. some hotter days, uh, that we have trees there too for the future so that we can provide shade and all the benefits that come along with them. And she's, so I, you know, Deep and the commissioner made some really important investments mm -hmm. uh, over the last year, and I want to see that continue for sure. Now, as far as the Connecticut parks go how do you think they did this season? how do you think they did this season you know it it's really mixed i mean like like i mentioned a ton of people went to parks right um but uh they didn't have enough people to take care of parks and yeah. in a few parks and, and actually uh deep deserves a lot of credit i was expecting knowing that a lot of people were going to be retiring and a lot of new people were going to mm -hmm. come in and the whole process to bring in a new person takes a while and I thought there were going to be some parks that didn't have managers associated with them that were right. going to have to close to the public. Oh, no. I was expecting a few parks, a few campgrounds to likely have to close. Um, somehow they held it all together. They okay. didn't close uh, any campgrounds and parks. And I guess I would say that's one of the things that the, you know, the Passport to the Parks program, which we've right. been, you know, such... Um, advocates for uh, it maybe is proving its merit because it provides some of those resources to keep the state going through ups and downs um, and it made sure that there were enough seasonal staff at, at least uh, to take care of all the facilities and keep the public safe um, but the, you know they are operating on a really tight margin I think if they have another summer like this, you're going to see people not coming back to work. It, it yeah, really, yeah. you know, so they, they, they held it together. But again, we, you know, we need to see more resources to take care of these places because people are getting out to the parks. They love them. Right. Uh, they can get into uh, parks for free if they're Connecticut residents, yeah. thanks to the passport to the parks. Absolutely. But if uh, we're not able to take care of those special places, you know, we're going to be in trouble in the future. Absolutely. Now, tell me about how the passports to the park program works. You know, it's a it's a good question, Pete, because a lot of people don't know that. They might hear about the passport and they might expect, oh, am I going to actually get a physical passport somewhere if I if I participate yeah, in right? this? And no, there's no physical passport. 
Uh, it's just the name of the program, but but what how, how it works is when someone goes to uh, register or re-register mm-hmm. their uh, motor vehicle, mm-hmm. they pay a fee. It's $5 a year uh, for their vehicle. Um, so it's a three-year registration, so it winds up being uh, $15. But okay. for that $5 a year, collectively across the state, that raises about $20 million okay. uh, for state parks. That pays for an awful lot of, not everything, it probably pays for about two-thirds of the park um, expenses of yeah. operating. And it also ensures that uh, no longer at park gates do you have to stop and pay a fee. Right? If, as long as you have Connecticut state uh, plates on your vehicle, okay. you get in for free. Right. And that's a huge asset. Um, it also makes sure that you know our, our parks aren't excluding people who might not be able to pay a fee. Right. So it is, um, you know, and I, I would say it's a really important way to continue to uh, showcase our parks and get people to go without fear of uh, not being able to afford what used to be uh, at a place like Hammond Asset, yeah. right down the road. Um, it would cost you just one visit to Hammond Asset, yeah. $13. Uh, wow. $13. Uh, but instead, you are paying that $5 fee you know, mm-hmm. once and all year long. You can go to Hammond Asset as many times as you want to. Right. You're not being charged at the gate. Uh, no. And you're helping to contribute through your uh, registration fee uh, to the care of, of that park. So it's a really nice way to uh, both everyone gives a little bit. They get a huge uh, benefit in return. And now we have to make sure that program stays in place because there have been... Uh, you know, a number of uh, attempts to um, mess with that fee right. uh, because, you know, it, it being the, uh, politics season, the silly season, mm-hmm. um, you know, someone wants to say, oh, well, I've gotten rid of a, a fee um, yeah, right? without thinking about the fact that it would also devastate our state parks. And oh, no, yeah. no one wants to do that. No. They just want to get rid of a fee. But those exactly. are, things are connected. Exactly. Speaking of silly season and <laughs> the wonderful world of politics. Yes. Legislative session is now over. How did we, you know, how did we end up? We, we actually ended up pretty good. There, there were, um, you know, a good amount of funds were uh, actually moved through the budget and the bond commission, right? Nine million dollars for recreational trails through oh, bonding that, right. that was approved in July, the um, greatest amount that's ever been approved okay. uh, from the bond commission. Fifty-one and a half million dollars of bonding for uh, well, it's a combination of bonding and some federal funding for state park infrastructure. Okay, also the. Uh, highest level of support for state park infrastructure in you know a hundred years, okay. um, and open space too. Uh, and the state gives grants to help protect uh, open space. Uh, you know, an extra ten million dollars to that program. So there is some funding to do some good work. Now we have to make sure to find those projects, get that money out to uh, good ones, um, and so we're we're in a we're in a good place. Um, next year, no one knows right. uh, what it might be like right, every year, as, as you know, from, from my perspective, hope springs eternal. I always look forward to the session. 
uh, but also know that there may be some uh, really important things uh, that either won't make it over the finish line or will get tweaked in ways that we're concerned about. So <laughs> mm-hmm. you got to be there, uh, as you know, all the time. Um, we are fortunate we have a contract lobbyist who's, yep. you know, there all the time. And I spend a lot of my time, too, thinking about, you know, how do we make sure that these, you know, let's say uh, 15 to 20 bills every year um, are going to end the, the session in a way that we're, we're happy. Exactly, exactly. And for the upcoming legislative session, is it the short session or is it the long session? It's, it's a it's a, uh, uh, it's a long session. Okay. I had to think about it. Yeah, because I know. We're it. in 2022. 2023 is a long session. Okay. And, you know, the short session are the even ones. Right. The because of the odd ones. Right. The, ah, the even ones uh, are short because, you know, you got to leave extra time to run for re-election. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. the way it goes. So, that's, and that's what everybody's for, uh, doing right now. Indeed. Indeed. So from uh, January to June okay. uh, next year, there, there will be a session. They'll probably do some things around the budget. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows uh, what might be done for, uh, you know, gas prices and right. inflation and all those things, exactly. uh, as well as, you know, all the things we're trying to do for climate change and uh, outdoor recreation. So, um, yeah, we're, we're hoping mm-hmm. that one of the things that uh, might uh, happen this yeah. next year <clears throat> is for there to be, be a, an incentive for oh. landowners um, to want to make permanent commitments to host trails on their property. And really? so, if, and basically say, if someone is willing to make that commitment in an area where there might be a state designated greenway trail, they should be rewarded for that right. in various ways. And I think there we're, we're, we've gone back to the drawing board a little bit to yeah. try to see what might be the best ways for, uh, you know, people to be recognized for making that commitment. Okay. Um, but I think we're getting close uh, to some good ideas that we hope will be uh, ripe and ready to go in January. Now, how closely do you guys work with Commissioner Dykes and everybody at the DEP? I saw Commissioner Dykes yesterday and introduced her at a conference. We we work very closely with those guys. Um, uh, you know, I, you know, D, the Department of Energy and Environmental Protection yeah. is the you know premier environmental uh, state agency, and so, you know, they have a state parks division, they Mm -hmm. have a state forest, uh, forest, uh, forestry division, um, and they have a small, um, you know, they have one person who looks at outdoor recreation related to trails. And basically, uh, those are the types of issues that we're advocating for all the time. Right. We have a lot of partnerships, like you know, with those you know almost 900 miles of blue blazed hiking trails uh, around the state that we're responsible for maintaining. A, a number of them go through state properties, uh, and yeah. so we work very closely with the state in making sure that those areas are well maintained um, and are going to um, you know continue to be connected into the future. Right, and she's. I've interviewed Commissioner Dykes virtually. She seems like a wonderful, wonderful person. She's amazing. She seems uh, awesome. She's super smart. Yeah. Um, she has incredible experience. Actually, she mentioned yesterday that she's now been at DEEP or in state service for the last 10 years. Wow. So I think she really has, uh, you know, knows a lot about how things work and is an effective advocate and a really good partner. So... Um, yeah, we, we always feel like if the commissioner is successful, then we're all going to be successful. Absolutely. 
We should get you, her, and I on together one of these days. Would love that. I think that. I think that. I think that would. I think that would be a fun, fun show. Absolutely love that. We might have to book the show for an hour. Because, You're right. <laughs> because everybody might not get a word in edgewise, but we'll we'll, we'll try. Yeah, I, I I can talk a little bit, but the commissioner is extra good at that. Yeah, she, no, she's, and she's just an incredible presenter. Yeah, I know. She seems really nice. Yeah, and, and and super effective. So, you know, we will continue to work with the folks at, at Deep who are just top-notch. Um, there aren't enough of them. No. Um, but those that are there are, are terrific and, um, you know, wonderful partners. Absolutely, absolutely. And if people want more information on the Connecticut Forest and Park Association, where can they go? Well, you know, they can go to our brand new website Site, actually uh, that new. just yeah uh, earlier today was just launched so you'll have to check this out we've got a, a new look but at uh, ctwoodlands.org is there a picture of Pete Musetti still on the website uh, the, <laughs> there, there is uh, amongst the uh, the okay. volunteers okay um, but, was, but but right on the front page is, a, right. is a picture of a wood turtle so uh, that's a not wo- that's, a wood turtle yeah okay. that's not Pete Mazzetti. no definitely not <laughs> a wo- and what, okay, I'm going to ask the question, what exactly is a wood turtle? Ooh, so a wood turtle is a species of turtle. I'll tell you a couple fun facts about wood turtles. Okay. All right. Uh, one is, uh, and this is probably my favorite fun fact about wood turtles. You know, you, you never uh, maybe thought about before, you know, what what does a turtle do during during the winter time, right? Sleep. Well, sleep, but, but where, right? Right. They, they actually will sleep underwater in streams now really? you you might wonder because they breathe air just right. just like we do even though they spend a lot of time in the water how can they do this underwater breathing right well as uh as really as kids like it when i say this but uh turtles underwater mm-hmm. can breathe through their butts Wood turtles. I think we talked about this last time. Through their butts, time we were together. right? Yeah, and uh, they have a way to be able to, uh, you know, extract oxygen from under underwater when their bodies are uh, hibernating, really um, not demanding a lot of oxygen. It's incredible um, that they can they can do this as one of their survival mechanisms. But part of the reason that the wood turtle, outside of that fun fact, which yep. I, 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 I now remember we, we did talk about yes, before, which <laughs> that, that says something about me that exactly. I, I, I seem to be uh, stuck on that one. That's okay. But um, the, the thing about the wood turtle that's really neat is, you know, even though they're most associated with, uh, you know, living in, you know, uh, streams and wet areas, they actually spend a good amount of their lifetimes in uplands and in forests. So um, if we're doing what's right for forests, we're doing mm-hmm. what's right for uh, wood turtles and other critters that go between wet areas and dry areas uh, during their lifetimes. And the wood turtle is uh, still uh, out there uh, in many places, but it is diminished. Okay. Um, and there will need to be uh, some work done over the, the coming years to make sure that their populations stay at viable levels for the future. So, again, let's do what's right for the, the forest. We'll do what's right for wood turtles, and we'll do what's right for CFPA. Cool. Eric Hammerling from CFPA, thanks for some time. We'll see you soon. <laughs> All right. Sounds you great, Pete. It. On behalf of Eric Hammerling, I'm Pete Mazzetti. Thanks. Good night, and we'll see you next week.